0: The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life. It's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth, an asset without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Soane and this is The Anonymous Landlord. Three ways to make truly passive income from property. Now, I've said Passive income, because that's the term that most people recognize, passive income. But actually, it should be called passive profit, because income isn't always great. That's not always the goal. I could generate a million pounds a day in income, but if I'm spending a million pounds a day to get it, well, then there's no point, is there? And if you're not making profit, there's no point doing it at all. And a property a property investment has got to make profit. Otherwise, you're paying a tenant to live in your investment property. And remember, profit isn't just about money either. I mean, however, look, if you're happy with a property investment that maybe breaks even or maybe even loses a little bit of money so you can do things like housing homeless people or things like that, then you're profiting in something else. Like for an example, I know a guy called Craig Phillips, and I hope he doesn't mind me giving him a shout out here, but Craig Phillips has a company in Barnsley called G8 Property, and he buys properties, does them up himself, and then gives it to homeless military veterans. How awesome is that? So he's profiting in other ways. He might not be making a ton of profit from property investments, but he's profiting in other ways. Anyway, three ways to make truly passive income from property, because that's why we invest in property, right? That is the reason. It's not to take on another job. It's not to increase our responsibilities or take up more of our spare time. It's not to give us more to do. We got into property investing so that we could make profit. Same for everybody. I hope so. We got into property investing to make our cash work for us, to generate more cash. And I suppose to invest in assets that will grow in value for our families, for our children, and for ourselves, of course. And obviously, we want to generate a passive income, a truly passive income, that enables us to live comfortably, and maybe quit work one day, and be financially secure, or financially free, as they call it. Maybe we want to build that passive income so that we can pass it on to our children, or so that we can reinvest that profit in more assets or more properties. That's what I do. But it's got to be passive. It's got to be truly passive. Otherwise, you're just working for your money just like any other job. So before I give you the three ways or three of the ways to create a truly passive property profit, a truly passive profit from property... Then first, how do we make sure that a property investment can be truly passive? Great question. Well, first, it's got to pass the PRESS test, the P-R-E-S-S test. I do this with every single property investment that I make. And in fact, I try to do it with every single investment that I make. It's slightly different for crypto and stock market and NFTs and things like that. But certainly with property, this is the way to work out if this is going to be a good investment. And that is the PRESS test. P-R-E-S-S. Profitable, reliable, easy, safe, secure. Profitable, reliable, easy, safe, secure. Somebody please make a tune out of that. Make a piece of music out of that. That'd be brilliant. I'll do it again. Profitable, reliable, easy, safe, secure. There you go, see what you can do. Anyway, so that's how you work out if it's going to be a good investment, but also you need to work out if it's going to be a passive investment. And to do that, it's got to fail the temporary test. So it's got to pass the press test, profitable, reliable, easy, safe, secure, but it's also got to fail the temporary test. T-E-M-P-O-R, A-R-Y, and that is to fail. It cannot sacrifice any of the temporary test, time, energy, mind, personal life, opportunities, risk, assets, relationship, yourself. It cannot sacrifice any of those things. If it's going to be passive, if it's going to be profitable, and it's going to be a good investment It cannot sacrifice your time, your energy, your mind, your personal life, any other opportunities. It cannot sacrifice your protection against risk. It cannot sacrifice other assets or relationships. And it definitely cannot sacrifice yourself. And this is how I live my life, I suppose, as a businessman and as a property investor. Because remember, profit isn't just about money. It's about Achieving a passive profit in money and time and energy and your mind, and most importantly, with your family. Your family have to benefit from this, and that might not be in money. They have to be able to benefit from your time, your energy, your mind. So don't sacrifice any of those things just for the sake of making a bit of extra profit because it all contributes towards your profit. Otherwise, what's the point? And that's the vital part here. Your, profit, your property must make profit without you. That is truly passive profit. It must make profit without you. And that's why you hear me talk all the time about the anonymous landlord. I'm an anonymous landlord. You can be an anonymous landlord, but the anonymous landlord is not what you are. It's what you do. It's the way you live. It's the way you think. Whether your property is managed and your tenancy is managed by a letting agent, or whether you look after the property yourself and the tenancy yourself, if you're a DIY landlord, it doesn't matter. The anonymous landlord is the way to create passive profit. Obviously, an agent-managed property and tenancy makes life easier. And if you've got the right managing agent, it will be more profitable than if you manage it yourself. That is without doubt. And by the way, quite interestingly, a lot of DIY landlords feel that they won't make as much profit if they've got a letting agent managing the property because they're paying a management fee. Well, that's just not true. You actually, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, will make more profit with the right letting agent. So if, you're, if you feel that you're making less profit because your property is managed by a letting agent, then you've probably got the wrong letting agent. Your letting agent should be ensuring, their whole mission should be that your property investment passes the press test. Profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. I think I messed up the earlier bit. doesn't matter. You get the idea. The press test is profitable, reliable, easy, simple, safe. That's it. So yeah, actually the right letting agent will make sure that you are making passive profit. That's what their job is. Anyway, I keep promising you three ways to make passive income. And I hope you can get a bit of value out of all of that that I just said there. I know I went off topic a little bit. Shock, you know me by now. Um, But anyway, three ways to make passive profit from property. And I've got an obvious one to start here. It's a letting agent. Now, before you switch off From that, because I've said a letting agent. Just hear me out on this. And I do accept, by the way, that I am biased because I own a chain of letting agents down in the south of England. But good letting agents will pay for themselves so that you can make profit in time, energy, mind, and family. It's not about paying a management fee, it's about removing yourself from all management, compliance, and operations of the tenancy, of the property, and of the tenant. Talking, do you know what? Talking about letting agencies, I said earlier on that you've got to have the right letting agent. The right letting agent will make you more profit than if you managed a property yourself, interestingly enough. But the other day, I had a chat with a a self-managing landlord, and the reason he doesn't have a letting agent or manages the property himself is because he wants to avoid paying the management fee um, and make a bit more profit for himself. I hear that quite a lot. But interestingly enough, his reason for not using a letting agent was to try and make a bit more profit himself. At the same time, he's charging the tenant below market value in rent, because in his words, and I quote, It's a really good tenant. They're reliable. They they, they look after the property. And that was his words. So therefore, he's charging less in rent and because it's a good tenant. And he's handling all of the tenant issues, all the tenant inquiries, all the property issues, maintenance issues, repair issues. He's handling them all himself. And in fact, he actually joked that on I don't know the year, but on, on a New Year's Day his tenant had a leak at 2 a.m. and he had to go out and sort it out or we uh, obviously got the contractor out to sort it out i don't know the circumstances but he was joking about it and as if it was some sort of funny thing and i thought you'd never catch me doing that absolutely not but also just to add to that um this self managing diy landlord has also not carried out or continued to renew the full right to rent checks Ugh, that's pretty serious. He can get a 30 grand fine just for not doing that. It's mad. And I saw a headline once actually from a guy called Des Taylor, who deals a lot in the legal side of, um, of, uh, landlording. And the headline was something like 30 grand for doing nothing. And what he meant was if you don't do this, You will get a thirty grand fine. Fair enough. Great headline. Great headline. And hi, Des, if you're watching. Anyway, another. Oh, by the way, just another thing that this same landlord said was that he had paid a contractor to go and remove a load of uh, mold from the walls, which was condensation. Now, again, that's a really common one. Is it damp? Is it condensation? Damp is a landlord issue. Condensation is a tenant issue. So. He's paying out money for things that a letting agent would have had a tenant pay for. Number two, he's handling all of these issues himself. Number three, he's non compliant with his property. And number four, he's losing money on the rent anyway. So I would argue that's a really good example of a person that probably should use a letting agent, even if you just use a letting agent to learn how to do it yourself, if in the long term, you want to be a property manager, you want to be a tenancy manager, and that's what you want to do with your time, fine. Let a letting agent manage your property so at least you can learn all about the compliance, the processes, the legislation, all of those things. Anyway, I've gone off topic again here. Yes, that was an interesting story about a self-managing DIY landlord, but right now I'm talking about... um, three ways to make passive profit from property. And I'm talking about having a letting agent. Now, remember, there is a value on your time, on your energy, on your mind, on your family, in the same way that if you're employed, the employer pays you for those four things. They're paying you for your time. They're paying you for your energy or effort. They're paying you for your mind. And they're paying you for not spending time with your family, so all the time you're at work, you're not with your family, and so on. But imagine, in fact, imagine in that same landlord's example that I've just given you there, where he deals with everything, he deals with all the tenant issues and inquiries and and uh, maintenance jobs and blah 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 blah. He does with all of that. Just imagine if I was with my kids and I was managing my own properties and I'm and I'm out with my kids and. I hear my phone go off and I look at my phone and I took that call. And then I started going through the process of sorting out a, an issue. Maybe there's a leak and then I have to get a contractor out or I have to go and see it for myself or whatever. And with my kids, I take that phone call and then I go off and I start sorting out that issue. What I'm basically saying to my kids is that this is more important than you. Even if I just look at my phone when a tenant calls, what I'm actually doing is checking to see if this phone call is more important than my kids. Even if I go not taking that call, number one, I'm checking to see if that phone call is more important than my kids. Second of all, I'm ignoring a tenant issue. It could be super important. You're in between a rock and a hard place. You kind of got to take that call. But at the same time, you don't want to tell your kids or your mum or your dad or your nan or your wife or your husband or your friends or your family. I'm just checking to see if this call is more important than you. I mean, look, okay, fair enough, fair enough. That's a bit extreme. But I think you get my point. And my point is you got into property investing to generate a passive profit. You didn't get into property investing to take on another job, reduce the time that you can spend with your family or increase your responsibility. Now, weirdly enough, talking about mind, you might not realize it, but every single tiny little worry, thought or fear or issue or potential issue or risk, every single tiny little one of those Goes in your mind somewhere, sticks there, goes there, stays there. And it all adds and contributes towards your overall mental well being. You know, when you're particularly stressed or pressured or irritated or frustrated, and you feel like, I know any parents out there, you'll know what I mean. And sometimes when you've got a lot on your mind, you're not quite there, you're not fully 100% present. You're maybe thinking about other things. You're slightly distracted. Well, it it con- all of those things contribute towards your overall mental well-being, but also your families as well. And it all takes a little dig, all takes a little knock on everything else that you do. And now, for an example, with Roper coming in, the regulation of property agents, I really fear for DIY self-managing landlords that Um, that don't go and get the qualifications or pay attention to the legislation. This is serious. In a nutshell, every single person and company that deals with a tenancy will have to have a qualification and probably a license as well. So that will mean if you're a landlord looking after your own tenancy, you will have to be qualified to do so. And I get it. I agree with it. It's the same when mortgage um, advisors had to go through their regulation. It became a completely different world. So Roper is coming, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord. So you either need to pass your property on to a letting agent to manage or you need to get the qualifications yourself. Either or make sure it's done. Anyway, so that is number one, the first way to make passive profit, passive profit from property. I've chosen a lot of P's there. Um, So the second way to make passive profit from property is to build an investment team. Now, this doesn't matter whether you're buying one property, or you've already got one property, or you're buying 10 properties, or you've already got 10 properties. You must build an investment team. Now, I don't just mean know people, or know all of these people that I'm about to give you here. I don't just mean that. I mean, build an investment team. Let me explain. My dad my dad, if you're watching, my dad always told me to surround myself with people that can do the things that I don't want to do or I'm not good at. Now, I didn't get into property investment or any kind of property, actually, or even business, but I didn't get into property to do administration, to arrange contractors or do maintenance jobs or deal and arrange maintenance jobs or deal with tenants I didn't get into property to do viewings or carry out tenant referencing or do right to rent checks or inventories, checkouts, inspections. I didn't get into property to do that. I didn't get into property investing to deal with emergency property issues like leaks and boiler breakdowns and uh, damp and condensation and tenants locking themselves out. I didn't get into property investing so that I could follow all the legal procedures and comply with current legislation for tenancies or evict tenants. I didn't get into property investing so that I could collect and chase rent arrears. If you did, by the way, if that's the reason why you started investing in property and wanted to become a landlord, if that's why you did it, then fair enough to you. I definitely didn't. The reason I got into property is to make passive profit for myself and for my family. So I built an investment team. And with each part, each person in my investment team, I gave each and every single one of them my authority to act on my behalf. And I set out what I needed them to do automatically. For an example, my mortgage advisor. He refinances my properties without me. He applies for the refinance when it's due. He processes the refinance when it's due. And he completes the refinance when it's due without me. All I have to do is sign the form that he sends across to me by email. And that is that. And it all happens without me. And then I sign the documents. I sign the documents with the solicitor. I sign the documents for the mortgage lender. Done. That's all I do. I don't have to get involved in that process. The second one is a solicitor. Now, I don't just mean I know a solicitor that I would use if I bought a property or sold a property. Every time I buy a property, my solicitor automatically knows what my requirements are. Is able? My solicitor is able to make decisions without me and only asks me for comments or inputs or answers on the things that she needs me to have an input with. She knows what my requirements are for buying a property and what I want to know, what I want her to check. And also her job is to act in my best legal interests. And I've bought loads of properties with this same solicitor. So now she just gets on with the job and doesn't need my time energy, my mind, or my family's time. The third one is an accountant. Now, I buy all of my properties as a limited company, and a lot of you do as well. Most, In fact, I'm starting to see more and more and more people buy properties as a limited company now because of the benefits, of course, tax benefits, risk benefits, and so on. Um, And by the way, don't just automatically if you hear someone just say, yes, buy a property as a limited company, don't just automatically do that. It might not be right for you. You are different to other people. It depends on so many different factors. Anybody who just automatically says that everybody should buy a property as a limited company is wrong. So do not listen to that advice. Get personal advice from an accountant. I'm happy to connect you with my accountant or have a chat with me. I'll I can't give you tax advice, but I can certainly um, give you my opinion. Anyway, actually, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just connect you with an accountant or a tax advisor. Um, Let me know if you want me to connect you. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So my accountant, I pay my accountant a set monthly fee, which covers everything, all year round, all day long. And my accountant understands my goals and my requirements, and they just get on with everything. They produce me a monthly profit and loss. They produce my annual accounts. They do my payroll. They do my bookkeeping. They do absolutely everything. I have a monthly meeting with my accountant where we go through any all of the accounting and tax issues. You've heard me talk about money day quite a bit. Well, that money day starts with a meeting with my accountant, and then the rest of it is all taken care of for me. I also have my works team. Now, My works team are property works, so contractors, refurbishment teams, all that sort of stuff. I just call them works team. They know my styles. They know the finishing that I want. They know the timeframes that I want to work to. They know what sort of costs I like to keep to. They know the requirements for letting a property, how to uh, refurbish this property to maximize the letting of this property. So when I buy a property, I tell them, here's the details, get on with it. And then as soon as that property is complete, they're in there, day one, they know what they're doing. I don't have to go around there and show them what colors I want, what carpets I want, what type of kitchen I want, what wallpaper I want. I don't have to do all of that because they know from the start. And do you know what? All I did was Google searched property interiors and gave it to them. Simple as that. The fifth one is my lettings team. Now, yes, okay, I own a chain of letting agents, but they work for me in the same way that they work for all of the other landlords that they manage. They get the property ready for letting. And in most cases, if someone's carrying out a refurb, they go into that property to make sure that the contractors are getting it ready for letting as well as refurbishing it. They advise them on things like placement of smoke alarms and the health, the housing health and safety rating system. They advise them on all of the aspects that are required for compliant letting. But also, they are responsible for keeping it profitable as well. So they make sure that the contractors is doing the right things at the right time. And then as soon as possible, get it on the market, get it ready for renting, let it to the right tenants. That is vitally important any letting agent by the way that just rents it out to the first tenant that comes along bad letting agent and if any letting agent watch if any letting agents watch this then let me know do you just try and rent it as quickly as possible or do you try and rent it to the right tenant my lettings team for an example they okay yes it's my lettings company okay so let's just get that out of the way but the rule is If that letting agent does not want to manage that tenant, they do not rent it to them. Think about it. If a letting agent is going to let a property to a tenant that is difficult, awkward, abrasive, rude, annoying, all of those things, then that's not good for you, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord. And it's also not good for the letting agent. Think about it like this think of it logically. The letting agent only wants to rent your property to tenants that pay their rent because otherwise the letting agent doesn't get paid and looks after the property because otherwise the letting agent has to put more and more and more work and effort and time in. And number three is pleasant to deal with. So for me, my lettings team only, they're on instructions, only rent my property out to tenants that you want to manage. Simple. That makes sure you get the best tenants in there. They also carry out all of the compliance and deal with all the maintenance. They do all of those things. And talking about maintenance, this is, this is a big one. Um, my instruction to, the, to my own lettings team, and this is the instruction that I would advise you to pass on to your lettings team if you've got a letting agency managing your property, is here's the quote. Write this down. If it's got to be done, get it done. If it's got to be done, get it done. I don't need to know about every single little job. If it's got to be done, get it done. Yeah, okay, admittedly, I could go and get comparison quotes. I might be able to save myself 20 quid on a boiler breakdown. But what for? What, what difference does that make? If it's got to be done, get it done. That's what I tell my lettings team. The only time that I would really need to know about it is if there's not enough money from the rent to cover a job that has to be done. Now, a lot of DIY self-managing landlords would be automatically thinking, yeah, but then the letting agent could just rip you off and just get jobs done that don't need to be done so they can make a bit of extra money. Yeah, okay, that's a bit extreme. Think of it like this. If you're with a letting agent that's going to rip you off, they're not going to rip you off for 50 quid. They're not going to rip you off for 100 quid, 200 quid, 500 quid, 1,000 quid. If a letting agent is going to rip you off, they're going to rip you off for a significant amount of money because they would have to have so many things in place just to be able to rip you off once. The tenant would have to go along with it. There would have to be a contractor that goes along with it because that contractor's got to produce an invoice. And if that contractor's got to produce an invoice, then they will have had to go and visit the tenant to do a job. Imagine if a letting agent tried to rip off a landlord by making up a job. And then the landlord somehow was in contact with the tenant. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. tenant, did this contractor go out and replace a boiler? No. Oh, did this contractor go out and replace the bay window? Did this contractor go out and replace the flooring in the hallway? All of those things? No. Well, that's a massive risk for the letting agent for the sake of making a few quid. So they would have to have a contractor on board who's prepared to make up an invoice. They would have to have the tenant on board who's prepared to cooperate. Is that the word? Agree with the story. And they would have to be prepared to do this anyway. So remember that. Your letting agent isn't trying to rip you off, unless they're a dodgy (laughs) letting agent. How do you spot those? But they're not trying to rip you off. And if they are going to rip you off, then it would be for a significant amount of money that's worthy of the risk. It's also their business gone overnight. If they do that once, they will not be allowed to trade if it's found out. Simple. Anyway, so I guess what I'm saying there is if it's got to be done, get it done. Don't worry about whether you could save five quid, 10 quid, 20 quid. Just get it done. And I think this is where a lot of landlords get it wrong as well. If you are a landlord that relies on your rental income, you'll probably have a little feeling of panic or irritation or frustration when something goes wrong at the property and needs fixing because you've got to pay for it out of the rent. If that is the case, by the way, and you are quite reliant on that rental income in order for you to be able to live your life, then let me know. I will set a strategy up for you that will remove that reliance on the rent. And I'll set it up so that you've got passive income that you don't rely on rather than um, income that you do. Anyway, you can just comment below or you can send me a a message through my Facebook page or through my LinkedIn or through my TikTok, or um, you can just email me, Tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. That email address is changing, by the way, soon, because I get so many emails um, from people that watch all this stuff and that listen to my podcast and um, all of those things. And I keep giving out my email address. So um, that email address is changing, but I'll still have access to it. Anyway, um, remember the rule for any investment, by the way, some months you will make profit, some months you won't make profit. Some months you'll make lots, some months you'll make little. Some months you'll make more, some months you'll make less. That's what investing is. And you can invest in anything in the world and it will be the same situation. Unless you invest in things that are guaranteed, nothing's guaranteed in investing, but that are protected, so to speak, then you have to accept that some months it'll be more, some months it'll be less, but over the course of a year, it will balance out. Now, by the way, I should probably say, seeing as we're talking about all of this, if you do want to have a chat about finding a tenant for your property or managing your rental property, just comment below, send me a message, or email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. So I will just connect you up with my lettings team. Or if you want to buy a rental property, if you want to invest in property, I get loads of off-market buy-to-let properties and flip-to-let properties every single day, or BRRs, they're also known as. Um, And I'm happy to share those with you. I don't buy them all myself. I buy some, and my clients buy others. My existing landlords buy properties through me. Uh, and I'm happy to connect you up with the sourcing agents or the estate agents that are selling them off-market. Anyway, th- those, by the way, are much better property investment deals, much higher yielding deals, and much better investments than, you, than you're able to find on the open market, like Rightmove and Zoopla and on the market and places like that. Anyway, last people that I have in place, qua cool, went right off topic there, but the last people that I have in place are my sales team. If I'm selling, all right, okay, again, 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 I also own a chain of estate agents. So, But they work for me in the same way they work for any client that's selling a property. I pay my fees as well. But if I'm selling a property, I tell them the figure that I want them to achieve and then I let them get on with it. I don't need updates. I don't need this. I set timeframes. I set follow-up chats. I set updates. I set requirements that I want updated on. I sent requirements for things that I want updates on. And they can actually accept offers on my behalf. That sounds crazy. Yeah, they can accept offers on my behalf. I've told them I want £240,000 for that house, please. And if they go and get that figure for me as an offer, accept it, no problems. But here's a tip with any estate agent, not just mine, any estate agent, here's a tip tell them the amount that you want to achieve and pay an extra percentage for any amount above your desired sale price. Watch them go for more money. My sales team just get on with selling a property. That's what they do best. I'm not great at that, that's what they do. I don't need to be involved. I've told them the goal, they can go and achieve it, but they drive to overachieve on my desired amount so that they get paid a little bit more. Simple as that. So there's a little tip. Hopefully that helps. The third way to generate passive profit from property, and this is the simplest of all, stay out of it. If you want passive income, you have to stay out of it. You cannot have passive income while you are being active in it. That's not passive income. That is active income or exchanging money for your time and effort and energy and mind and family. So passive income, if that's what you want, stay out of it. Your first thought needs to be with anything that happens to do, and this, by the way, this is aimed at self-managing DIY landlords as well as agent-managed landlords. What you must, must, must do is ask yourself the question with everything that comes in, anything that happens, every single situation who can do this for me? That's the question. That is the anonymous landlord question. Who can do this for me? Do you know what? I'm the same in property as I am in business. An email comes in, there's something that needs to be dealt with. My first thought is, Who is a better person to deal with this than me? I'm not great at admin. I'm not great at dealing with those tenant issues or dealing with all of those things. Accounting, all that. I'm not great at that stuff because I don't want to do it. So my first thought is, who can do this for me? And I just go forward to that person. Simple. But what I do is something called delegate and check. And I learned this from one of my managers many, many, many years ago. It's all good and well, delegating, that's fine, that's easy. But if you don't check up on your delegation, then how do you know that the people that you've delegated to are getting a good job done? And my my stepdad always told me, if you're gonna do a job, do it properly. And so I delegate a job and then I check on that job. I put myself a little notification in the diary to say, check up on, um, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of a job that I've passed to somebody, but this is in my business. And I think if you're a self-managing landlord or DIY landlord, you need to think the same thing. Delegate something to somebody and then, no, no, delegate it to somebody and then put a notification in your diary to check up on that job to make sure it's been done. That's the best way for you to delegate jobs and stay out of it yourself. Even if, look, even if you're, you think you could deal with that issue yourself quickly and easily, don't do it. Who can do this for you? Who can do that task for you? Anything to do with your property, who can do that task for you? Get into the habit of not doing anything. <laughs> that sounds brilliant, doesn't it? Get into the habit of not doing anything ask yourself the question, who can do this for me? Who's better placed to do this for me? And I don't mean more qualified or able or cleverer or anything like that. I mean, who is better placed to do this so that I don't have to give up my time, my energy, my mind, or my family? The rule has to be that you must make passive profit. Your property has to improve and grow without you. Because guess what your job is? Mr. and Mrs. Investor. It's to invest. Other people do the rest. You invest, they do the rest. Oh, that's a line. That's a headline right there. You invest, they do the rest. Let the experts do what the experts do. There's another line for you as well. Like I say, you might be able to do things slightly cheaper. You might be able to do things yourself. But what is the cost of you doing that? Time, energy, mind, family. So remember this, and I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, And by the way, uh, Martin, yes, I will pass you details um, of uh, tenant sourcing, buying off-market properties, buy-to-lets and flips. I will definitely do that, Martin. And uh, oh, thank you very much for your comments. Um, So I'm going to leave you with this. And remember, an anonymous landlord is not who you are. It's what you do. Anonymous landlords only make passive profit from property. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining me. Speak to you soon.